0: Being in reality with your business, knowing exactly what's going on is how you make the best decisions. And unless you are consistently looking at your P&Ls, unless you're looking at your sales metrics, your marketing metrics, whatever types of metrics that you might currently have in your business, you are just going off your intuition,
1: my name is samantha riley and this is the podcast for coaches course creators and experts who want to grow their influence income and impact to take their coaching business to a million dollars and beyond we're going to share the latest business growth marketing and leadership strategies as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life inside and out. Create the influence, income and impact you need to build your business so you can create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influenced by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm super excited for today's topic. We're going to be talking about balancing your gift and making a profit and how they both work together, which is such an important topic in the work that we do as coaches and thought leaders and experts really out there making a difference. We still need to be able to you know, bring a profit in and make sure that our business is doing what it needs to do and not just an expensive hobby. We're talking with Chris Wise, who has built several companies early in life and learned from rapid growth, had failures and burnout, just like so many entrepreneurs. And this journey has given him the opportunity to evaluate the business approach and personal development needed for sustainable health and success. Now he's got a unique perspective, he's got dimension and his approach to life and business users, it combines the most effective business strategies and is also a thought leader on LQ which is the love quotient which is going to be going into more today. Through his work with LQ he's developed a revolutionary business consulting and advisory approach which helps business owners integrate self-love and care into their business while they create growth, and profitability welcome to the show chris
0: great thank you samantha it's great to be here
1: i really really love this topic i'm all about um love as anyone that listens to this podcast would know love is one of my favorite words I, i probably will drop it about 50 times in this episode but i'm also very much about data and metrics and kpis and profits because they have to work together and there's so many people that i see that have got so much passion and enthusiasm and you know amazing gifts that they're here to change the world literally and they just can't get their business moving which means they're impacting less people so really really excited to chat and understand from your perspective how these two things come together but why don't you start with sharing a little bit about your background and how you got here to what you're doing today
0: yeah thanks yeah i've been an entrepreneur my whole life I started my first business when I was 12 and so now with 30 years of of business experience under my belt uh, and having sold two of my own businesses one in my mid 20s and one in my mid 30s and having coached you know, when I was 19 I bought my first house and I was on my second business and people started asking me like how did you buy your own house how are you doing this business so I started coaching you know right around 20 and, and so over that time, I've coached and consulted with literally hundreds of different CEOs and business executives and founders and entrepreneurs. It's just a wide range of different people in different industries. So that combined with my own personal business history and experience and has really, I'm able to bring forward quite a unique perspective. And I would say one of the, the biggest, and hopefully, I mean, this could take us down a and it of itself, but one of the biggest things that has played the biggest role in me being more kind and compassionate to myself because prior to prison I was in prison
1: Mm -hmm. for 19
0: months prior prior to prison I was driven I was like it was out to accomplish I was on this hamster wheel of achievement accomplish accomplish accomplishment you know I just and I was I was having these wins but I just didn't I actually felt I wanted to be, I didn't want to be controlled, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the great things as an entrepreneur. We don't want a boss. We want to, we want to be in control and I didn't want to be controlled. But then as I started looking at my life and I started doing a lot of personal development and spiritual work, I realized I was actually being controlled by my own desires and my drives and my dreams because I just had to keep doing it. I felt this compulsion and I was like, what is going on? Even though I'd created a lot of freedom in my life. When I have this crazy prison thing happened. I didn't even know I had done anything illegal, but I, you know, ended up through 19 months of federal prison and I just let go. And I just surrendered so deeply. And I uncovered a, a, I saw how powerful love was in the most violent and unsafe places I had ever been. And it was those experiences in prison. That's also where LQ was born Mm -hmm. that now I take out and I have I'm now living my life from a very different place of how, yes, I still want to accomplish major things and I still have my goals and I still have my dreams, but now there's this unique approach, this multifaceted dynamic approach of, of having, it's the masculine and the feminine energies. It's the right and the left braid. It's the quantum and the Newtonian. Both are necessary to have success in a sustainable holistic and conscious way and so through that life experience you know i'm now coming out on the other side with with some quite interesting insights to share
1: i'm sure you are i love that you use the word sustainable and conscious because i feel like we're going into this new paradigm where the old the old masculine ways of doing business are very much falling away and people are understanding this balance from more of way deeper perspective than, oh, I'm going to work really hard and then I'm going to get a massage on Saturday. It's, it isn't, that's not balance. This episode is made possible by your podcast concierge. Editing your podcast can be time consuming. Your podcast concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster go to your podcastconcierge.com and book a call via the let's talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention thought leaders business lab can you give us your perspective or your take on what balance is in business
0: yeah and i think it's this really comes down to an individual when we're looking at from the from this answering this question from the perspective of a you know ceo or per you the listener and how do you have balance as a business owner? Mm -hmm. And and I think that's going to really come down to, it's very contextual on a personal level. And and so I I can share what I do personally, and then I can share it as a way of how that can be applied to someone. So when I was in prison, I was so deeply surrendering, so deeply letting go, because I wanted to uncover what really is the truth, what really is behind all of this drive and all of these these attachments to identity. I wanted to know who the core, I want to discover the core. And so I just was surrendering, letting go. And there was this practice I was doing where I would very deeply, I was meditating two to four hours a day and very deeply loving and connecting with my inner self, my inner child and just saying the words, I love you. I love you. And just really very deeply loving myself. And it was through when, after I hit this ground zero point, right, had this incredible realization of, of who I was not beyond identity, I decided that from that place as I kind of rebuilt my psyche, everything I did, I was going to do it from a place of being kind and loving towards myself. And so that then put me on this journey of like, okay, well, how can I really set out to accomplish And be kind and loving towards myself at the same time. Because I think those are the two dynamics that are on a certain degree seem to be at odds with each other. Right. Because before I was like, I was beating myself up, like, got to do this. It's not good enough. Got to do it faster. Like it was never, it never happened fast enough. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it, it was never good enough. Even when I did accomplish, I very rarely celebrated my own wins. And then it was on to the next thing. And so I think. See, there's these behavioral patterns and ways of thinking that get us down a certain path that isn't balanced. And so I would say, the, for me, the starter point, and, and also then what I would recommend, the starting point, is really learning how to love yourself. Mm. And what does really self-love mean? Because I, I, I'm hiring an accountant right now, and, I, and this is the first time I ever put in a job description. I said, do you have an active self-love practice? Mm-hmm. as part of the hiring like hiring thing and it was so interesting to get people's different people's responses about what self-love how how do people actually what self-love. that actually is yeah and it was most of it was like things I do you know I take time for myself right you know whatever right but I I see those are Actions that you do because you love yourself. So self care. Most of the answers people gave were self care answers, Mm -hmm. not in my opinion like true self love, but done out of a reflection of self love. So what I discovered and what I had the tools I had actually before I was in prison was really learning how to love myself. So how do you love yourself? Mm -hmm. And and to me that's my in psychology. There's these three different persons, three different layers of the self. Typically, there's the higher self, the active self and the basic self or the the inner child. Mm-hmm. And so you're at let's say it's your active self or your ego loving then and embracing for your parent self mm-hmm. loving and embracing your inner self or your inner child. And so to, it's create learning how to really create a relationship with yourself and then very deeply loving and spending time with that part of yourself. And so that is how i define self love uh, a re- learning how to love in deep, uh, uh, deep in a relationship with yourself that's also the core of lq and that is the heart of the answer of your original question
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: how do we find that balance and i think that balance comes out of an expression of how deeply you've learned how to love yourself mm. and then it's it, it gets, so there's all these different the figuring out of the right balance of everything but as I'll, I'll kind of leave it there i've said a lot but that's kind of how i would answer that question
1: yeah So tell us how this balances, like how this LQ balances with, you know, getting results because you did talk about that attachment of identity and that drive. How do we still enable that uh, that we have that in business and combine this LQ and how does that come together to create the better results in business that you're talking of?
0: That's a great question. So first off, it's not making, creating results or drive bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, it's okay to be successful. Yes, it's okay to have a lot of money. You want it to have profit to whatever is you want, right? So I'm a big proponent of, of helping, enabling people to have whatever they desire. Mm-hmm. And so in the context of business, it's like, okay, well, as a business owner, what do you want? Do you want a lot of profit? It's, it's interesting. A lot of times people say they want a lot of profit they want to grow a successful business, but yet there's still money issues, there's still some stuff, and that that's things to look at. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying we want to first off from a place of like truly honor whatever you desire. And 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 sometimes when you start getting down certain spiritual paths, they kind of poo-poo on desires. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like desires are good. We we want to embrace our desires, but how do we accomplish our desires in the most healthy, conscious, and sustainable way? So mm-hmm. I'd say the first episode is 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 just keeping all of that in the right perspective as we're learning how to very deeply love and embrace ourselves.
1: I wanna go down the rabbit hole of imposter syndrome because I feel that this is tied very closely to our self-worth. And what I find really interesting with the people that I work with And I'm sure the people that listen to this show is that they have this feeling like they're not good enough. I don't know enough yet. The people that I work with are so amazing. And I feel like they say this because they've got to a point in their life when they know that there's so much more to know. So this imposter syndrome is dropping in at a time where they're the people that probably the most wise have the most expertise, like they're, they're true experts and thought leaders in what they're doing. I'd love you to go into imposter syndrome a little bit and give us some insight into how we can really move out of this feeling, so that we can really step into who we're meant to be.
0: Yeah, and, and I think there's two two perspectives on this. One, there's the mindset perspective, which I think is pretty common in relationship to imposter syndrome and, and some of the things you started to address. But I want to address the more deeper under the hood. Reasons why imposter syndrome doesn't come up, and, and how self love and and learn uh, can actually help with this. So, self love and self worth, and so I I also want to distinguish a difference between self love and self worth.
1: Beautiful.
0: I would say self love is learning how to connect with this inner part of yourself, this inner child. And by the way, if somebody says, when I ask somebody, you know, do you love yourself? Or do you, you know, have a connection with your inner child or anything like this? And they go, like, oh, no, 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 I love myself. That's somebody. If, if when I'm asking, like when you're asking yourself, do you love yourself? You know, oh, yes. I, and there's this immediate kind of almost like, of course I love myself. Most time, that's most times those people don't actually have connected with this inner part of themselves because this inner part of yourself that's that's all it wants. It wants to be loved and acknowledged. And so um, you deserve more love, not less. Uh, so I guess that's kind of one thing to be aware of. If that comes up, you might, there might be another you know, place to look at. So self-love is connecting with this inner part of yourself and just spending time with it. Once you do it enough, you just connect, develop this automatic ongoing. It's just, you just stay connected all the time, but it takes time to develop that. So that's how I'd say it's self-love. And it's something that we actively do. It's an active practice. It's not an affirmation but it's something just like you would spend time with a child or spend time with another person and have conversations and ask them what they need it's the same thing but we do it with our inner self so that's self love and how mm-hmm. to and how to grow self worth on the other hand i you know because i've really struggled in my life with self worth mm-hmm. you know self worth has been one of the most insidious things where there was things i wanted and i desired but i actually didn't feel good, worthy enough to have it mm-hmm and, it, and there'd be times I'd be sitting it's like, why am I not taking an action on that email, like this deal I could be putting together? And I was like, well, I, I actually don't feel worthy. Is, I don't feel worthy enough. And so, what I realized, and as I began to do research on worthiness, so much of the typical psychological stuff that's out there on worthiness is like your worthiness gets developed by the results and the actions that you take. And, and so, but then that's it's like this catch-22, because then a lot of times you don't even feel like you have. To take the right action, there's something, there's a gap missing, and so what I uncovered about worthiness is that, in, in the belief and the framework that I've taken with is that we are innately worthy. You are, are already worthy of everything that you desire, and so then it's just removing, it's just learning to uncover and reveal the worthiness that's already within. So, for example, in, in this relationship that you're developing with your inner child, one way to actively love. This inner part of yourself is saying the words, I love you. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can put your hand on your heart and you can say the words, I love you. To connect with self-worth, it's a little different. It's I affirm your worthiness. Mm -hmm. I acknowledge your worthiness. You're acknowledging something that's already there. If you're telling yourself, I it, it can help, I am worthy, you are worthy, but you want to play with the language because the language can make an impact on how it's actually impacting, right? So just distinguish self-love and self-worth and in relationship to imposter syndrome, a lot of times we don't feel worthy. Imposter, a lot of times imposter syndrome mm-hmm. is back because there's a lack of worthiness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it, it can be as simple as saying, in, in this you're talking, you can try it both ways, whether you're affirming your active self or you're acknowledging your inner self, you can say, I am worthy. Mm-hmm. I am worthy, you are worthy. You can also say, I affirm your worthiness. And so just try with the language and and, and you can actually, you'll actually feel it when you actually start hitting it and if it feels hard to say, that means you're going in the right direction. And through affirming your own worthiness over time, you will begin to reveal and and have that worthiness and that will play a direct role to removing some of these obstacles around imposter syndrome.
1: Hmm. I think this is really important and and i love that you've given us some steps to move towards it because i know that certainly myself and a lot of people in my i guess inner circle that are all you know quite successful entrepreneurs what makes them successful is this constant drive this constant self-competitiveness to always be doing better pushing harder you know doing doing more and, and it doesn't necessarily mean doing more as in working more hours a day. And I think a lot of people get this a little bit confused, you know, just because you're doing more doesn't mean that you're working 15 hours a day, but doing more could be just like really pushing through your boundaries. And what I find, and, and I can certainly say this of myself, is that you can, it's very easy to get caught into, oh, I didn't quite hit that. And, and the story you start telling yourself is, well, I'm not good enough. You know at the root that's what it is i'm not good enough i didn't get there yes so apart from sitting there and and you know telling yourself you are worthy you know how else did you really uncover and get to this i guess root of stepping into this new belief in yourself and i say new that just because it was it was new to you
0: yeah 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 uh, and, I, and i remember what i the thread i wanted to go down and i'll tie them both in together oh perfect um, prior to to prison my my love my validation and my worth was was sourced externally mm-hmm. through the results i created through the things people told me through how my life played out and which meant that in order for me to get what i wanted i had to be as much as in control as possible control certain situations outcomes to get the results i wanted so i could feel the way that i wanted to
1: mm-hmm.
0: and The big shift occurred when I became the source of my own love, validation, and really learning how to uncover the work that's within. When that occurred, there was this space of natural peace and happiness that was within, that just naturally resided within. And then it just then I could just really just play the game of life full out without having things to be a certain way, like. I have to do this because then I need to get the love or validation or acceptance I want. And sure, there still is disappointment and frustration and, you know, Mm -hmm. getting pissed off that occurs when things don't happen, but it doesn't disrupt the core piece that's underneath the hood,
1: Mm -hmm. right? So
0: prior to all this, I used all this personal development stuff and the state changes and the mindset techniques and the NLP and all these things to, to like really be in control of my thoughts and emotions. Like I had to keep, keep in control to keep myself as this accomplishing machine. But underneath the surface, it was a swamp. I was just paving over a swamp and it's not sustainable. Burnout would occur. You know, I'd be like, why is my, why does it constantly feel like a roller coaster? All of that came to an end as I really learned how to love myself very deeply and acknowledge and affirm my own innate worthiness then it allowed me to play now in, in a a much more sustainable, clear, and conscious way because now those things were sourced within. And then it now so I can just deal with life exactly as it is, as opposed to trying to get the things that I, I didn't have before.
1: Mm. How does all of this tie together with Knowing the data, getting the data from your business, really paying attention to the metrics. Because really, you know, what we what you talk about is helping people to scale their business. How does this tie in? Give us the segue.
0: Yeah. So there, there's there's two levels. And in, in, in almost any, I have a client coming to me with a question or a problem. There's usually two different approaches. There's the tactical and the strategic approach, and then there's the internal game that's going on. So we've spent a lot of time on the internal game. Now there is the external and the tactical. And being in reality with your business, knowing exactly what's going on is how you make the best decisions. And unless you're consistently looking at your PLs, unless you're looking at your sales metrics, your marketing metrics, whatever types of metrics that you might currently have in your business, you are just going off your intuition, right? And I'm not saying making intuition bad or your gut. Let's say gut, to kind of keep the gut and intuition a little bit separate. You're going off your gut, but you're not feeding your gut with healthy data. You have to feed your gut with healthy data. Then you make gut decisions. But after you've looked at the numbers. And so sometimes people are afraid, business owners are afraid to be in reality with their business, their numbers. Mm-hmm. There's this avoidance of looking inside of the bank account because you know it's bad. It's going to be painful to pull up that balance, right? There's stuff that we got to look at inside underneath the hood that's actually preventing you from being in reality with your business. And when you can learn how to be with the emotions that are actually there, it enables you to actually be more effective at doing the good business principles and strategies that you know to do. But sometimes when there's all that stuff underneath the hood, it'll actually prevent you. From doing the very things that you know you need to do or hiring the person that you know you need to hire because of those. So there's a direct relationship. Those Both of those things interact very closely because the stuff underneath the hood directly impacts and relates to how you deal with the reality and the business systems and the structures that you set up.
1: Mm, love it, love it, love it all right so once you've got your data i think one of the biggest parts of building and scaling a business is building a team this is something i talk about a lot it's something i talk about every day with my clients i'm constantly saying delegate that and one of the things that people push back from the most when they're trying to get to that next level is letting go of things yes how is this tied into lq because i'm sure it is somehow
0: yes and again, there's, there's two different approaches on this. You're asking for the internal approach, but there's the tactical
1: mm-hmm.
0: approach of, you know, just delegate and learning how to effectively delegate and who's the right person to delegate to kind of there's all that, that standard stuff. But yes, there is it. There. Um, so one of the core reasons why it's hard for people to delegate, especially companies that are under $1 million in revenue. First, I got to say, if you're you're having trouble delegating in this very conversation, getting the business beyond yourself, getting it to where it's more than just you, is one of the biggest hurdles to overcome in going from uh, zero to a million.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's very, it is is very challenging. You know, the zero to a million is one of the hardest. And then the next phase is going from one to 10 and Mm -hmm. then 10 to 50. Once you kind of get, it gets a little easier in terms of, uh, you, you always are dealing with bigger and bigger problems. It does get a little bit easier because you're starting to have more systems and more people and more things to go on. But you, just so you know, you always are going to have problems mm-hmm. in, in a business. And that's uh-huh. just kind of the nature. That, of the
1: that's business. just That's just business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this is one of the core issues of going from zero to a million. And so I would say perfectionism
1: mm-hmm.
0: is one of the things, and I, it has to be done right or it has to be done this way. It is one of the big things that can hold entrepreneurs back From delegating. Uh, And that also can can be played in with what you brought up before of I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Right? The, The overreaction of our egos to a core childhood wound of I'm not good enough is it has to be perfect. Because if I'm not good enough, then we just then it needs to be perfect or it has to be in a certain way to actually avoid ever triggering that wound. So when we're looking at LQ, this is where we and I'll go in a little bit more detail into how to actually get into this process to actually put it into play, it's where you would close your eyes and put your hand on your heart. It helps to connect with this part of yourself. And so the words heart space or inner child or inner self, different words that can be used for connecting with this part of yourself. Let's say we're going to go after not feeling good enough. We would say to the one who doesn't feel good enough, I love you. Just feel, just sit with that heart. To the one who doesn't feel good enough, I love you. To the one who's afraid of making mistakes, I love you. To the one who has to have things perfect, I love you. To the one who's afraid of delegating, I love you. To the one who's afraid of change, I love you. To the one who's afraid of letting go, I love you. We can take this and apply this to any kind of aspect. So one there has to be a level of self-awareness. When you're encountering a business it's great this is where coaches and mentors are so great to have because a lot of times we don't see these patterns especially for you know somebody you know, I've taken the journey from somebody from you know 200,000 to a million so many times mm-hmm. and so I know how to spot these things from the different problems that are in the business. And so one, to be able to do this, you have to already have a certain level of self-awareness of what is underneath the hood, right? So if you're in your business and you're like, man, why am I having so much trouble delegating or why do I feel this imposter syndrome, knowing the specific feeling or the specific cause is very helpful. And then you can take this practice, I call it the wise method, and apply it to loving a certain aspect of self. And you'll feel it. Now, now sometimes for people that are just getting into this, it can take some time to really learn how to receive love in this way. Sometimes it can take the subconscious uh, some moments. By the way, this is not, we're not looking in the mirror. We're not saying this to our egos, right? Most of our egos are, we got good, healthy egos. Our egos don't need more love and and, and affirmation. Uh, uh, So this is uh, what's underneath the hood. And so it can take some time for us to really learn how to connect and love this part of ourselves. But if you want permanent healing and resolve for these issues, because this is what makes it sustainable because all these other techniques and these mindset techniques, and let me do the affirmation. Let me look in the mirror and say, you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm good at delegating. Like it's just, there's just so, I don't know if you've ever said affirmation, I've said affirmations to myself over and over. Like why am I still not getting the result? I want it's because Uh affirmations exist at the mental level. Mm-hmm. It's you're trying to pave over a swamp. Mm-hmm. And so we got to get to what's underneath the surface. And when we learn how to love ourselves in this way, now we're healing and resolving. And what's happening is when you do this, you are actively loving unloved and unembraced aspects of self. And when you love these aspects of self, then your ego can calm down. Here's another helpful perspective. The ego is trying to serve us. The ego is trying to help us get what he want. And so when you see somebody that's got over an overactive ego, right? It's because there's very deep wounds inside mm-hmm. that the egos trying keeping to compensate
1: for. Uh, keeping themselves safe is what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And, and so we also, in this process, want to love and embrace the ego, right? And so as we are loving, embrace these unloved parts of ourselves, we'll notice our ego naturally starts to calm down. So in this regards to perfectionism, which we can say perfectionism is an overactive response of the ego in response to feeling not feeling good enough. Or, or, or getting uh, uh, spanked for making a mistake or whatever it might be. When we love those parts of ourselves, we feel safer in our own bodies, safer to feel making a mistake, safer to feel what it's like when it's messing up. When we feel safe to feel those emotions, then our ego doesn't have to have these responses of perfectionism or being in control or having to do it a certain way, which then creates a greater capacity for us to delegate. Then there's no longer that block or the block begins to lessen for us to be able to effectively delegate. And so that's how we apply LQ, raising our LQs, loving these aspects of ourselves in a very specific and tangible, practical example of um, delegation.
1: Mm, Love it, love it, love it. Now you have a free resource to help people get this balance between impact and profit. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: yeah it, you know i i really admire entrepreneurs who are committed to making a difference mm-hmm. in making an impact in their business and in the world out of out of which they're committed to and who want but and who also want to be profitable and it can be very hard to really know how to balance both of these things because what what sometimes what happens is you can too much focus on making an impact and making a difference where you're actually not putting enough business strategies and looking at your metrics and doing the right strategical things to actually create a profit. And then you're like, man, I I, I care so much about my customers. You know, why, why am I not making more money? Why is it so hard for me to make money? And then on the other extreme, there's people who's just focused on profit Mm. and they're like, and and it's, their burnout occurs and they're beating themselves up and, uh, and perhaps they're not making as big of a difference as they actually could. And so knowing the right questions to ask yourself to determine how well you're doing with balancing these two things is very important. That's why I created the impact and profit index. It's 10 questions, takes you about three minutes to go through. And when you go through and answer these 10 questions, you'll get back a quick answer, a percentage. But what also I'm doing as a gift is I will send a personal response. I will look at your answers and I will send you back a personal response on my assessment of your answers. And so if you're interested in taking this impact and profit index, which will help, here's what how this will help you, uh, what it'll help you realize where there's gaps on either side, and it will help you optimize making impact and profit. And when you combine them the right way, you can actually have greater impact and greater, greater profit. So that's the, that's the end result for you. If you're interested in, in doing this, it's wiseprofits.net forward slash
1: impact. Beautiful. And we will definitely put that link in the show notes so you can go and find that at samanthariley.global.com forward slash podcast. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today and to hear your story and everything that you've got to share around LQ. I think that the world at large, not just business owners and entrepreneurs, needs way more LQ. So thank you for sharing that with the world. Yeah, thank you, Samantha.